As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you. Sunny Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, we are tasked with giving meaning to the rest of this season. Are we or are the, are the players tasked Well, with that? I think there is meaning. I think it's our job to find it. And it may not be the games. Mm. I think the players are charged with making those games feel important. And to some of them, the young fellows especially, they are. Um, yes. We're, we're moving on. Those games are cool. It's, fun. it's always fun to watch hockey. Let's not kid ourselves. But... Uh, we're, we're looking for greater meaning here. And the Blue Jackets have had, wow, um, what a week. It's very strange because I don't think when we did last last week's podcast, we mentioned Nash, Savard, Felino. I think Nash was a little little iffy because of the, well, a lot iffy because of the injury. We'll get to that. Um, not a shock that these guys were traded at the trade deadline, at least Felino and Savard. And then it happens and the dust settles and you go, Wow. That happened, and there they go, yeah. two of the long-serving yeah. Blue Jackets. Um, so we'll talk about uh, the departures of them, what that means, all of the stuff. Let's get to some some headlines regarding the Blue Jackets. They play, uh, as we mentioned, Thursday in Dallas. Uh, the NHL debut of Josh Dunn, who they signed uh, as a college free agent out of Clarkson. He is a big, big fella. Had a really good uh, chat with the media today. Seems to a kindly and uh, gregarious young fellow. He's getting an opportunity, as so many others are, Allison, with Boone Jenner out uh, at forward. They're going to hold Gustav Nyquist out. Um, General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen essentially said that. He's close to being cleared, would probably be cleared early next month. What's the point? 
if he right. can come back with three games left. Let's just make that sh- sure that shoulder is healed, was Yarmo's point. Zach Wierenski shut down for the year as well, hernia surgery. It's kind of a skeleton crew, um, but you look at tomorrow night's game, Josh Dunn making his debut, some other guys, you're going to get big ice time. What do what are you looking for the rest of the way if we can start with that? Gosh, I mean, it, it really is now more so about talent evaluation at the individual level. You know, it's it's tough to say you're looking at full execution of the team because these are a bit more of an assembled piece part roster at this point. Um, and, and you do want to see, you know, how this group responds. It, it was a it was a solid response last game. They obviously don't get the, the results in terms of a whim, but um, you didn't see a group that appeared to have packed it in. Um, and so you want to watch for that, um, that drive. I mean, these are professional athletes, of course, but you want to see that continue even through the balance of these, however many more games there are left. Yeah, for sure. And you look at that back end and it's a skeleton crew. So far gone, Orensky out for the year. So there's Del Zotto playing up with Jones. Who do they have with Gavrikov? Did they have Carlson up with Gav- with Gavrikov? They were all over the place. Yeah. Um, see, I can. If you keep talking, yeah, up and you're like, whoa, you look at, um, I think it was Zach Delpy playing on the third line. Obviously, like, this is fun. It, there's a um, there's a preseason feel to it, but that's how it's going to be the rest of the way. Now the, the standings have turned upside down. On, Here's your pairs, Aaron. Yeah, please. If you would like them, sure. Uh, Delzado Jones, Gavrikov Harrington, of course, and Dean Kukin and Miko. Letnin. There you go. And yes. some indication that Letnin may be out tomorrow in Dallas, a scratch. Mm. Um, so they're, they're going to go all over the place here. Um, you almost have to look at the standings upside down now to see yes. their real importance to the Blue Jackets. Yes. And I'm not even being facetious about that. It's This is what's important now. As of today... From the bottom up, NHL standings, Buffalo, Ottawa, Anaheim, New Jersey, Vancouver, Detroit, Los Angeles, Calgary, Columbus. Columbus just three points ahead of Detroit now for last place in the Central. And really just five points, if you look at it this way, out of the top four. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're going to get a good pick. Let's look at this trade deadline, Allison, before we get into the picks. Um, You all know by now, Nick Foligno traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. David Savard traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Riley Nash also traded to Toronto. Nash was a surprising one. He had his knee injury. And isn't this the goofed up world of the of the um, NHL, Allison? He can't be traded to Toronto unless he injures his knee. That's right. It can't happen. If he is injured, Toronto's got no, or if he's healthy, sorry, it's so weird. I can't even say it correctly. If he is healthy, Toronto has no use for him because they can't fit him under the cap. So I, I wonder, I, I was told that the Blue Jackets actually came up with this idea and shopped it to the most stra- uh, cash strapped, or not cash strapped, cap strapped, cap strapped, easy for me to say, <laughs> abstract, what? Team they could find, Toronto, and pitch the idea to them. And Toronto was like, you know, that does work. Yeah. So they get Nash. It's a conditional seventh. If he pays 25% of their games, it's a sixth round pick. That's a lot for a guy who can't use his leg right now and probably won't be able to until the start of the playoffs. But Allison, the big news of trade deadline is the two first round draft picks, Felino 
and Savard. Tell me what you think of the return for those two guys. I know they wanted a first for Savard. They demanded it, and they got it. I'm a little surprised they were able to get two first-round picks for those guys on expiring contracts. Honestly, I agree. (laughs) It's a shockingly good return um, for the organization. It gives them three first-round draft picks um, for next year. You already talked about the Blue Jackets one likely being high. Um, In theory, these other two are not going to be super high. But now the question becomes... How do they use them? I think I yeah. think it would be irresponsible to just presume that all three of those draft picks just absolutely stay in Yarmo's hands. Correct. Going into this draft because it was it was very interesting, and I must admit it threw me because it's a systems word that Torts and Brad Shaw use quite a bit as well. Yes. But Yarmo was not going to call what's happening to the organization anything other than a reload. So. That could mean a couple different things, and that that could mean that a couple different things happen with those picks that isn't the Blue Jackets drafting with those picks in a few months. Yeah, not to put you not to put you in the spot, but doesn't that tell you that they're not going to take players with those picks? I think they might keep their own, but it certainly tells me that they well they want to use those picks in ways that are not waiting for the draft and selecting a player. That's that's rebuilding if you take three players with those mm-hmm. first round draft picks. Reloading is using those players for, or sorry, using those picks for either prospects that are right on the cusp of playing or established NHL players. That, that's what the word reload means, right? Well, I, yes. I mean, again, I, you know, there was, as with many of these things, there was no specific answer of what it means. Um, and, and I think the answer right now is it depends um, because. The long and short of it is that they really, the organization really needs to think through realistically and in, in as informed a way as possible, what do the next few years look like? And so yeah. does reload mean retool and keep gearing up, try and just consider this past season a one-off? Or does it mean this is just a fancy word for we're kind of stripping it down a bit and we are going to start building back up with maybe just one or two key pieces um, on, on the roster. I, I, I don't know, but they need to figure out what they think this team is going to look like and then decide what reload actually looks like in terms of how they use these picks and everything else they have at their hands. Yeah, and so here's where it gets really interesting because as much as it is up to Yarmo Kekalainen and the Blue Jackets how this proceeds, in an, another very big way, Allison, it's not really up to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so let, let's go through the oddity of this because there, there's so much that's going to happen now as soon as the season ends. And I, I think the wheels could start spinning on some of this before the season ends even. Um, but really, and we, we wrote a piece today and, and I, I talked to Yarma this morning and and because I thought this would be an interesting way. What's your definition, um, Yarmo Kekalainen, of rebuilding? Mm-hmm. Tell me what, you, what, that, what that word means to you, just to make sure that you don't have a different idea of what that means as to what and to what we mean. Right. And similarly, what does reload mean to you? Mm-hmm. And rebuilding to him means taking players that even aren't in their prime and moving them to literally starting the whole thing over. So scorched earth in the dressing room. Okay. Um, reloading to him means, and he said this Monday too, we're going to be a competitive hockey team next year. Okay. 
Now, I, here's where it doesn't come up. It doesn't come down just on what Yarmo wants to do. If Seth Jones makes it clear to them this summer that he doesn't want to sign an, an extension, this is a rebuild. Well, it should be. Correct. You're fair. Yes. If he says I'll sign, then I'm not. I think a reload is reasonable. You can use yes. Seth Jones as an anchor on D. Yes. You've got Wierenski as a restricted free agent still. Yes. When he's up after next year, um, there's still some pieces here, and you're not going to take it down to the wood. So there's a reload. Um, and in that scenario, those first round draft picks can be used. Yarmo further said, and we quoted him as saying this in today's piece. Those can be used to, say, help teams who have expansion list issues. Mm-hmm. Because the Blue Jackets don't necessarily have expansion list issues. They might even, thought about this, this isn't from Yarmo, this is my uh, feeble mind, but could you get away with exposing Gustav Nyquist to Seattle? Sure. I think, well, that's a, we'll see. How old would he be? How old is he um, now? I think he'd be 30. And he's coming off of rather major surgery, missed the entire year, and he still has term left. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's ideal. Right. But I think you, if you made a trade with the – he is 31. He'll be 32 in September. Okay. If, if you – I think you could get away with him being out there, and then you, you could make a trade um, with that first-round draft pick to another team and take a, a player from them that they're not able to protect anyways. And the option is lose them to Seattle for nothing or get a first round draft pick from Columbus for them. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, the other aspect of this that Yarmo also mentioned is the salary cap is flat. Yes. And lots of teams are going to be in financial distress, to which I said in the back of my head, this is just, Allison, the evergreen dream that Columbus has forever. Yep. And it just doesn't ever produce a player putting on the blue jacket sweater. Yes. Be- <laughs> yes. Tell me I'm wrong. I, you know, and, and those who I talk hockey with outside of you, of course. Um, well, and I've said this to you. We've talked about this is that, you know, every year, every whether it's the off season or if it's a year like this, there's who are they going to get? Oh, they could go after this player. Oh, they could go after this player. If they get this player, it's going to be great. And every year we hear that they're going to get a player. And I'm not even throwing stones at the organization specifically, but every year it's going to be, we're going to, we're going to get that big splashy move. 
and, and I'm still waiting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, the last big splashy move that looked like that was the sod Panarin trade, however many years ago yeah. that that was. Um, so I appreciate the intention. I think that if they can pull it off, it's a hundred million percent a great thing to do if we're going into a reload um, as we've defined it. But it's hard to keep saying it's going to happen and then it never happens. Never I feel happens. like that's the trend more so than the big splashy move. Right. And that Saad Panarin was an actual straight up hockey trade, wasn't it? There wasn't a, it wasn't them taking a bad contract to facilitate that trade. Correct. That was straight Correct. up hockey. What always happens is, uh, you know, pick your great team, Tampa, Toronto, whatever. They end up in a really bad spot. And they call Arizona. Everyone calls Arizona and says, do you have any landfill opportunities there? Right, right. And we'll give you this just god-awful contract for and a second-round draft pick for this ECHL player. Right. And the other team says, yeah, we'll take the second-round draft pick and pay you for it, sure. And then it's alleviated. This year, Tampa Bay is just, oh, my God, what are they going to do? They're going to have to trade six players. They're going to have to trade six players. Oh, Kucherov's hurt. Right. And I'm not saying he's not hurt, but he's going to be remarkably better for the playoffs you watch. Right. Of course. Uh, Tyler, are they going to just give Tyler Johnson? They couldn't give Tyler Johnson away. Put him on waivers twice. Would they take a, would they take one of our bad contracts for, well, they can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. So now they put Tyler Johnson through waivers a couple of times. Nobody grabs him. Kucherov gets hurt. They're fine. They made it. Uh, Toronto really wants Nick Foligno, Allison. They really want it, but we can't afford him. Well, so what's the deal with Columbus? They work out the draft picks, and then they're like, hello, everybody, we really need help because we can't take, we can't make this trade we want to make. And San Jose says, well, we'll help. Here. Right. Right. Here's $250,000. Give us a fourth-round draft pick. You can have the player you want. There's always, there's always a way for them. Yes. And it never, no one ever reaches the point and says, well, shit, we're just going to have to get rid of a really, really, really good player. I guess we'll just give a sweetheart deal to the Blue Jackets. Right. Right. Nobody does that. So I hear that. On, on paper, it looks good. It looks like it's going to happen. It looks like it has to happen in some places. But I guess I'll believe it when I see it. They have, the Blue Jackets have not had a first-round draft pick to dangle like that. So maybe that's different. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the expansion draft, there were some deals where players move to other teams uh, to avoid expansion hell. Um, but that's 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 one of the ways they can use those picks. And, and uh, Yarma had a pretty good quote about how it's going to get to the draft. They could be very well be on the draft floor and say, this is the player that's available versus this is the NHL player or prospect, whatever, that we can acquire for this first-round draft pick. And that's when the decision's made. So... I mean, again, I say, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. The man is not wrong. But as you were outlining, you have to kind of know if that's the right move based on what this roster is going to look like in the next year or two. Yeah. Hinging around Seth Jones. Yeah. And I, I feel like Yarmo feels like he has been wronged. By whom? Uh, well, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think okay. this season blew up on him. Sure. And he hasn't said that, of course, but th this season blew up on him. And I think he's pissed off. And I think 
I think it's his pride talking too, which is not a bad thing. Um, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not going away. Nope. Yeah. Nope. We'll be right back. The problem with all of this is the problem with this losing. <clears throat> excuse me. And this this upheaval is. Allison, it really couldn't happen at a worse time if yeah. if you're going to make a pitch to Seth Jones, right? True. I mean, here's the losing. Here's here's what we've been through. Had a pretty good run. You know, I think he has to tell Seth Jones that it's a reload because I'm not sure the veteran players would want to stick around for a rebuild. For sure. Because those aren't always per- per- perfect up ramps. Um, yeah. So that, that's going to be an interesting, a very, very interesting summer. This summer is going to be more meaningful than the regular season is for sure. Um, and it'll be fascinating to see what this team looks like. Allison, this team, you and I talked about this earlier today. This is crazy. Of the 23 players who dressed for the Blue Jackets in the 2019 playoffs, there are 10 still on the roster. That's crazy. That is a crazy amount of change for a team that felt like it was going in the right direction then, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they have to stop that that bleeding. It's 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 crazy. Um okay, let, let's look to let's look at uh what these final 12 games hold and who you are interested in seeing. Um because somebody jumped off the ice to me the other night. And played 23 minutes, and I I was more impressed with him than I have ever been in a regular season game, certainly. Alexander Texier. Mm-hmm. All we have left at this point, if you're the Blue Jackets, is you're looking at these guys to pop. And I wonder, I wonder what it feels like is there for them to grab now with some of the veteran players out of the way. In other words, if you're Alexander Texier, you're not – you're not afraid of stepping on. You can't be afraid of stepping on anybody's toes now. Go right. get it. Have you seen right. a different level for him since the taxi squad? Um, I think so. You know, I, as I always talk about with stuff like this, you know, it's I need to see more of it, right? And I and I think that was part of what Torts was hinting at with his comments about the whole situation today as well and his availability is, you know, you can start great, but you got to sustain great. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Those of us who've been around this organization a long time, we've seen situations both at a player level and at a team level where the team is out of it and all of a sudden, here come the Blue Jackets, right? We're playing for pride. We have a however many game winning streak. Yep. And, and and there is the old adage that sometimes when the pressure is off, sure. it's easy. But that's not how it is when you're in a winning organization. There's always pressure. And so I, I have seen a different level. Um, but I want to see it more, um, and I want to really look back and evaluate the entirety of his work at the end of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm not yet willing to trumpet the joys of, of any one of them, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, and that's that's fair. What I want to see is not a guy that looks like he can be in the NHL. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's I do. that's what bothers me so much around here is it's like, it, it seems like for the young guys, the goal is for them to prove that they can be in the NHL. And that's not what they need. Yes. They need guys to come in here and push it and change 100%. it and take jobs and have that swagger that doesn't fall in line 
politely behind this guy or that guy in the pecking order, take his job. Mm-hmm. Like that's really is it's. I mean, it's a it's dog eat dog, but that's that's what it has to be. That's the only way it's going to get better here. Um, and I I saw that. I felt like I saw that for the first time from Texier against the Blackhawks, where he was he was used in a checking role a lot against Patrick Kane, Debrinkin. I can't remember who the third member on that line is, but that's no easy job. And he was downright combative a couple times with Kane. I mean, mixing it up, not yeah. afraid, not being a polite youngster and waiting to be invited. He was, he was taking what he thought was rightfully his. That's a really good sign for me. He also took like 20 face-offs and won 11 of them, which was like, whoa, that's a lot of work on the dot for him. He's going to get a real run here because with Jenner out, with Nash traded, there's no putting Felino in the middle anymore. Like right. all of the, all of the, the uh, safety, no safety the safety yep. wheels are off the bike now, um, for good or for worse. And 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 I think that's that's what they need. I'm not going to believe everything I see from here to the end of the season, and I'm not going to believe I've fallen for that too many times. I'm not going to believe. That anything that happens here just automatically carries over to the start of next season. That's too long a break. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, but it's still, if he can, I, I want to see him be a dominating player for 10 or 12 games in the NHL and go into the offseason knowing that that's what it can look like um, mm-hmm. and come back with that same attitude. I mean, I do too, but but I'll just be a total pity uh, party pooper. And, and no, no. say, I mean, it, this was against Chicago. Now, I know you said it was Patrick Kane's line. Fair, fair, fair. But it also was Chicago. For right? sure. So, you know, let's let's see what happens. And, and Dallas coming yep. up is a depleted roster as well now. Yes, they, they just are. put two of, two of their main guys off for the rest of the season. So, you know, I remember being so excited about Texier after the 2019 playoffs. I remember being so excited about him after last season's playoffs. Yes. And, and again, I'm not poo-pooing the player. I like the player. I like you. I want to see these young kids step up and seize these opportunities, but we're going to need to see some sustained success here. And, you know, it, it's not just that it's, it's good for them to, to, to take over these, these open windows, this, this time on ice, but quite frankly, as we've talked about, this is what this organization needs is for the overall talent level to continue to rise. So this isn't just about, you know, the, the internal competition that Torts loves so much, but this is also about saying the talent in this room better be getting better. Much. It absolutely better be getting better. Otherwise, there's some bigger problems <laughs> that, that have to be tackled. Yeah. Like, yeah, I we, we've talked about this before. I did not think it was a good sign when you start the season with Texie as your number one left winger. Yes. Like that's like, who? Like based on what? Yes, I mean, you're supposed to be a playoff team. I know you want that to be the case, but what has happened that makes you think that that should be the case? Right, that's worrying to me. Um, but you know, maybe he's maybe he's getting ready to turn the corner. But we're not going to know that until he turns it. And I feel right. like too oft, too many lines this year. It, it just didn't make sense, even when they were healthy. There's so much about the lines that didn't make sense. Even when right. Dubois was here, there's the third and the fourth line. We're like, what do they do? What what yeah. what is the purpose of that line? And it's just not clear. That's why I got yeah. so irrationally excited 
Uh, I admit it now. When Robinson, McGinnis, and Mateau went together, it was like, <laughs> I know what they do. It's, I'm glad you're finally owning up to this. Well, Thank it's you not very much. great. It's not like it's not um, wondrous talent. It's not goal scoring extravaganza. But damn it, I know what that line does. I know what to expect when they come on the ice. It's not just parts that don't fit somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, you're biting your tongue. You're biting your tongue. <laughs> I am. You're, Listen. It's, in, in a season of woe, yes. let's take a moment to revel in the fact that you have just admitted to that foible. You have learned how to thread tweets. It's personal growth. There have been some Allison. big steps forward. I, some big I acknowledge steps forward. The, the above mediocrity that. of the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, listen, who's, who knew? Yeah. Who knew that these gifts would come forward? Now, all I'm saying, but I, I, think it, I know what you're saying, but my thing is... Like if that's if that's the one line that has an identity, I mean, really? Like, and that's the identity that we've got. That's the one piece of identity we've got. Yeah. But I, be, again, I say, yeah. Yeah, but, but I would there. caution you though. Not saying you, you have an identity doesn't necessarily mean that's a great thing. Okay. You know All what right, I'm good, saying? Good, good, good. All right. It's like uh, as a reporter in, in the news side way years ago, if someone's stable in the hospital, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're stable in poor condition, that's not very good. If they're Correct. stable in excellent condition, well, now you got something. Stable's a definition, not <laughs> not a determination. But I, I just, oh. I, it was for the first time, I was like, God damn it, when the fourth line comes over the wall now, I know what they're trying to do. Where When it was Nash, Bemstrom, and I don't even remember who else you're like, uh, the idea of that line, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure where they're trying to go. I don't know if it's yep. a scoring line. I don't know if it's a checking line. I don't know what they do. Other, they give you 45 seconds. They just give you 45 seconds to the next line. <laughs> and it's so aggravating to like watch uh, purposeless hockey, yes. which is what it did too many nights to me. Um, yes. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. One other thing I want to get to, he's still here. Um, Michael Delzato is still here. This yes. is a defenseman who has lived a journeyman's existence for the last four or five years. Um, and he's one of those guys. I'm I'm not uh, – I don't think I'm missing the, the point here. I think Michael Delzato is a pretty damn good NHL defenseman. Okay. Um, I don't think he's a, a, a Norris Trophy winner. I'm not saying that. But I think he's better than a lot of defensemen in this league that have contracts. And yet he's one of those guys. Sam Gagne was this guy a couple of years ago where you're like, how is he only getting one-year deals? How does this right. work that you just that, that guy just ends up in that orbit where people look at him and go, oh, no, he's a really good player, but you can only do one-year deals with him. Well, why? Why is, right. why is he not a term guy? And I'm not saying the Blue Jackets just signed Dells out of a five-year $23 million contract, but but this is a guy who wants to put some roots down. I think he's played pretty well for the most part. There's some flaws to his game as there are everyone's anyone's game. He's probably a third pair guy on a on a good team, probably maybe a six-seven on a good team. Mm -hmm. 
But when you look at this team that's had, I mean, I'll just like Scott Harrington's been here forever. They've right. got Carlson on a one way next year. They've got Kukon on a one way this year. How can Michael Delzato not stick here? Doesn't it seem like reasonable that he's going to get done? And shouldn't shouldn't that young man have some sort of? Um, hasn't he done enough to earn at least a, a a couple year contract, some sort of chance to not keep bouncing around like a like a nomad? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the bigger question is, is as you outlined, there's there's some depth right now that's at a comparable or lesser than talent level, at least right now, that you don't want to log jam there, right? Similar to what we've seen with Scott Harrington and others for the past couple seasons. But but I do think he he fits into he he can be a nice piece in this story. And as we've said before. There are versions of next season where this roster is markedly different again because of trades or what have you. And yeah. so there might be piece parts that are on the blue line right now that aren't here next season. Um, I think that, you know, this is an organization, This, even though it's probably going to be a different head coach, this is a head coach, at least right now, that has always talked about the value of having some veteran voices in the room, depending on what this roster looks like next year, having that voice in this room, I think could be valuable. Um, he seems to bring good energy and a good contribution to the culture from what we can tell this year. And in this weird way, we're covering things, but um, yeah, I, I, it's certainly not someone where you're like, yep, thanks. Asta. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that he'd be able to, to finish this whole season. That was where I stood on him when he came in just because of the condensed schedule and all of these things. And he's, he surprised me. He's not a blockbuster, but, he, but he's pleasantly surprised me. And I wouldn't be mad if he's a part of this blue line next season or for a couple seasons. Yeah, the one thing he does that I think surprises me is he's a little more physical than I would have expected. Mm. He throws his body around a little bit more. And I'm not saying he's a physical defenseman, but there's an element there that, that's more than I thought it would be. Sure. But um, so last thing, do we want to say anything nice about our, uh, our longtime um, relationship covering Nick Felino and David Savard? These guys have, these guys, Allison are just have been, uh, the room's going to feel different without them. Clearly. Yeah. 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 Am I going first? If you wish. Yeah. Oh, this, this is pre- honestly, there's, I feel some pressure in this because you should, you know, it's a thank you. <laughs> There's a little there. You know, we're here to cover the team. We're here to tell what happens. Um, we're watching with with just a desire to see the stories evolve. Um, but it is hard to to think about this organization without those two guys. You know, I shared a, a couple memories on on social media after the two trades when I was cutting my teeth. One of my first ever paid articles was when David Savard was trying to finally cement a spot on this roster. And it was talking about the journey he went through and was he going to be able to pull it all together? I remember standing with him in the hallway outside the locker room, talking to him. Um, and, and, you know, you just, you just think back to those moments. I think I, I always say this about him and I, I think about this all the time. It, to, to see him as, as he plays, to see him as he conducts himself publicly, I don't know that it's always obvious, but I always appreciated how much he contributed to the spirit of the team. Yeah. Um, 
I think, to training camps. And the guys are skating laps. And David Savard is the guy standing in the middle of the ice, slapping a stick, rooting for guys, cheering for them, telling them to keep going. Um, just a, a, a tremendous uh, soft inside inside this burly, big, right. ultra-physical defenseman. Um, so it was a, it was a pleasure to get to know him in that little bit of a way. And, um, Nick Foligno, gosh, I mean, just again, particularly as a, as a person, cause when all this is said and done, what you did on the ice is great, but who you are is what sustains. And, um, this guy, even when he didn't want to, would always talk to us. This is the guy that always had to face the questions, face the media, particularly when things were bad. Um, this is a guy who in- embedded his family in the community, shared so much of his personal life, struggles, successes. Um, I think back to another one of my first stories when Nick came to Columbus was the story of him losing his mom to breast cancer yeah. and how he still had a pink ribbon on his pads. Right. Um, and he's, you know, again, I, for me, the very first time I ever wrote a story mentioning any kind of analytical data, it was about Nick Felino. Um, and, and he and I jokingly never saw eye to eye on analytics. We respected that in each other, but he always made time to talk to me about it. Yep. Um, and he always made space to discuss the application or the lessons of it, even if he didn't want to get into the nitty gritty of it. And, um, just, I, just a, a really good human. And when, you know, he talked about this after he was traded, but when you think about you're the player where the sweater, the number that embodies this team is yours. Um, I think he did that. And I think he will be remembered for huge moments on the ice, but perhaps even more so huge moments off. And, and I honestly, I wish them both tremendous success. They, uh, they're both set up with great opportunities, and I hope they have nothing but success this season and for as long as they choose to play the game, and the game will have them. Yeah, uh, very well said. Uh, Savard was is... Um... I just thought Savvy was such an interesting uh, play on his name because he was exact, mm-hmm. exactly that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he did, as you know, you all know what he was like as a player. He was a guy in the room that was, he was always willing to talk, but never eager to talk, like never yep. put himself <laughs> out there. Always yep. willing, but I mean, he was never at all um, resistant to it. He just, that wasn't his game. He wasn't, yep. he wasn't the microphone guy. Um but just a, yeah, just a first class. I always felt like there was the uh, the savvy side that that uh, wasn't uh, v- uh, visibly seen by. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. Um, a really dark, really good sense of humor, wry. Yep. Um, yeah, he was he was probably as quiet and, and introspective as Felino is on the other side, publicly. Um, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Felino is just I, I just I think of how he came to Columbus, traded from Ottawa back in what was a really <laughs> really Whoa. difficult time for the franchise. Um, hey honey, I just got traded to the team where the fans are outside protesting, demanding changes. Um, that's not an easy time. Yeah. And he came here and it was it was let's change it. Let's be part of the change. Yep. And Jack Johnson preceded him. We should always remember Jack Johnson, and I always will, for all the bullets that Jack Johnson takes. He was he came here, was traded away from the Cup winning team, yep, and handled himself with incredible, incredible professionalism. Was really a driver yep. of that team. But Felino sort of picked up the ball from him the following summer. Um, 
just a really and and you know what 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 I think Nick is so human and so relatable to so many people, even though he's a professional athlete. I think um, when to be around Nick Felino is to appreciate him as a human being, as a as a as a person who also happens to play hockey, because mm-hmm. um, he's that he has that that feel about him, and we connected on a on a personal level. And there were times we would have long conversations where the notebook was put away. Because we both have uh, daughters with congenital heart defects who have had multiple open heart surgeries. And you don't ever want anybody to go through that, but it sure is helpful to know someone who has. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, my daughter would go through it and, and he would he would be a constant presence texting her, wishing her well, asking her how things are going. Um, Grace had a chance to meet Milana when she was young, when she was still going through some really awful stuff. Um, yeah. And, and so we work really hard, uh, and it's never really been a challenge for me until Nick Foligno to cover these guys just as hockey players and as people and as interesting stories, you don't ever befriend them. Um, right. but he's one of those guys that's really hard to keep that, to keep that line there. Um, such a respected guy, um, universally respected, not just for the way that he plays the game, uh, but for the way that he carries himself. And I think there's a humanity there to him because of some of the awful things that he has gone through. Um, losing his mother, as you mentioned, at a young age. That, that's a smack in the face. That's a jolt of reality. That's the earth shaking beneath your feet that not a lot of young, uh, precocious athletes have to deal with. And the way that he, I, I, you know, that, that moment, that trauma, I think, helped him handle all of the things he went through with his daughter, is still going through in some ways, and just allowed him to present himself as such a, a human being uh, to so many people. And you know what? There are people at Children's Hospital that love him. I think yep. he is. He is the guy, other than Tyler Wright, in the very early stages of the franchise, who really took that stuff, the outreach, the the children's hospital visits, really took it to a different level. And if you've been a Blue Jackets fan for a long time, you remember uh, Tyler Wright and Hats for Heroes. And yep. that wasn't just something he was sent over to do on a Tuesday afternoon in November. I know because I used to volunteer at Children's Hospital and he would he would walk in unannounced and it wasn't like there weren't three PR people and a TV crew with him. It was just Tyler coming by to check on some of his his uh, patients, his buddies in the in the NICU unit, like or the NICU that's a little young in the <laughs> the pediatric unit. I mean. That that's what he did, and that's that's Nick Felino. Nick Felino had a million things going on every day beyond the hockey, where he was taking care of other people and worried about other people. So mm-hmm. um, there's a chance he comes back, Nick Felino. I think it's the Wild or the Blue Jackets. A chance to play with his brother could be alluring, but I don't think we've seen the, the last of Nick Felino. No matter where he goes as a player next year, um, I think we've all, I think we're all better for having him in our midst for the for the nine years that he was here. hundred percent. Agree. All right, Allison, anything else we need to get to? I think that's it. What else could there be? Who's to say? Exactly. There'll be more next we week. Could, we, you know what there is? You know what the, our next challenge is, Aaron? Yes. How to look up a past team's roster without using pen and paper. Well, I, I just looked at the media guide. That's what the media guide is for, Allison. 
I know, but on a website, you can do it in three seconds. I know, but you can't. You can look at the page right to your right and then type it. You don't have to keep going alternate screen all the time. It's just perfect. It, it, it was. There's a permanency to it. My internet was down earlier today, and this page called up. The internet wouldn't call up. This page was right here. It didn't need to call up. We're going to race. We're going to have, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have race a race this off season. We're going to have people submit questions they want answered, and you and I will time how quick it takes us to find the answer. And we'll see. I mean, does everything have Which to be one? immediate, though? Yes. Can it just be right? Can it just be right? Listen. I like my media guy. Just saying. I like my okay. media guy. That's why they put them out. Thanks, Todd Chirac. <laughs> I'm sure you'll uh, listen to this podcast. You know, if he was, he isn't listening now. <laughs> 41 minutes in. Hey, folks, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week for sure. Lots to talk about as the season moves along and the offseason draws nearer. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon.